So a good, uh, a good day, y'all. I sound Australian all of a sudden. Good day. Glad you're here. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation today. Actually, it's going to be one side I'm going to talk. You're going to listen about the great banquet, which is a really, really cool parable of Jesus, and I can't wait to jump into it. But let's talk about this today on this day of days. And in fact, uh, welcome wherever you're listening. Uh, Jesus was intentional. I've said that before in this series. Everything he did, every talk he gave was intended for one singular purpose, and that's to seek and to save the lost. He did this because that was his mission. Jesus loves people. He loves you. He loves all people. And he, even those who were stuck in legalism and pride and religion, like many of us, he still loves us. Even people that are Democrats, he still loves. Republicans, he still loves. I, liberals, conservatives, he loves everyone. Uh, people that are uh, aliens and strangers and whatever, he loves us all. Jesus loves us all. So we have to remember that. And we are the ones who create barriers between ourselves and God. God doesn't create barriers between himself and us. Now, uh, let me talk to you about a few barriers we create. Here's the first one. We create the barrier of arrogance, pride, arrogant pride, evil conduct, and perverse speech. It's a barrier. Listen to what it says in Proverbs. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct, and perverse speech. There you go. That's a barrier we create. We create the barrier of wicked people. Some people are just wicked. They pursue wickedness, and that's true. God even loves wicked people, but it becomes a barrier to God. There are no peace for the wicked, says the Lord in Isaiah 48, 22. Rejecting God, that's a pretty big barrier. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Listen to what it says in Revelation. And anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Oh, a little harsh, but here's the deal with that. Why were they thrown in the lake of fire? Because they rejected God. Not because God rejected them, because they rejected God. That's a barrier. God doesn't send people to hell. They choose to go there by rejecting God. Now, some of you just went, what? Your mind's exploded, and you're going to email dan at fbcwimberly.com to complain. Okay? So, you create those barriers to separate you from God. Now, God can remove all of them. God is the barrier breaker. He's the God who breaks it back. No one's beyond the love and grace of God, even the wicked, even the arrogant, pride, even evil conduct, perverse speech, even those who reject God. Nobody is beyond the love and grace of Jesus. Jesus was addressing a group of people in this particular parable who were so arrogant and wicked and prideful, they had lost sight of God and his word, and literally they had replaced God with religion. They were rejecting God. And he addressed them barrier-breaking. Wow. This whole account was based on Jesus challenging people who were living behind the barrier, these barriers and bringing them into righteousness and showing them how they could be right. Now, two, there's two parables to consider here. One feeds off the other, but the same spiritual truth is being taught by Jesus in both. Now, let me, allow me to set up the parables. Luke, the author of the book, was writing to Gentiles. That's, that was his audience. He wasn't writing to Jews, he was writing to Gentiles. Gentiles, which were everyone who wasn't a Jew, knew that Jewish people hated them. They were racist and they hated everybody but Jews. And then they even hated people within the old Jewish system. They had their system of who they didn't hate and hate and didn't hate. So Luke was writing to that. Now you have to keep in that mind. They believed, Jewish people believed everyone other than Jews, especially in their caste system, were subhuman, therefore were not even 
valuable to God, nor could be approached God, and they would never be aware. Now, Jesus was invited to a Sabbath meal by one of these religious leaders, not as a friendly gesture of invitation, but as an intentional gesture to trap him. Because at this Sabbath meal, this Seder meal, this Friday night dinner party, they brought in someone who was afflicted with uh, retaining water, pleurisy, could be called, and or dropsy, other people call that. It's that condition where your body is retaining water, congestive heart failure. This person was sick. A Pharisee would never bring a sick person into their home. Why? Because they considered sickness to be a judgment from God, therefore made them un- unqualified and unkept, and they wouldn't invite him in. So we know this was a big setup. So they set Jesus up by bringing this sick guy in. Now, uh, Jesus did what Jesus does. He healed the guy. He healed him. They lost their minds. Because Jesus did what Jesus does, they lost their minds. And there, were such, they were, there was such a commotion among these hypocritical leaders that, they, that Jesus didn't challenge them with their hypocrisy. That he used this opportunity to teach them on pride. Listen to what Jesus said. And he told a parable to those who were invited. And when he had noticed that they would, uh, that they would choose the best places for themselves, when you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, <clears throat> don't sit in the place of honor because a more distinguished person than you may have been invited by your host. And the one who invited both of you may come to you and say, hey, give your place to this man. Then in humiliation, you'll proceed to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when the one who invited you come, he will say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you'll be honored in the presence of the other guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. They listened to this and they went, how did he know what we were doing? Because Jesus knows our legalistic heart. Listen, I'm an expert on self-promotion. I get this. I want the place of honor. Oh, there's Pastor Scott. Let's give him the best parking place. Oh, let's let's give him the best of best. You know what I have to do? I have to discipline myself to not be that way. It is hard. Leaders eat last. I can park under a tree instead of in my preferred spot. Uh, I still struggle there, but okay, don't judge me because then I won't judge you. But Jesus was pointing this out. Jesus knew that they loved to be self-inflated and and exalted. They were missing the point of humility. When Jesus had finished teaching this parable, one of the guests, in his ignorance, in his bombastic, bellicose ignorance, said this. When one of those who reclined at the table heard him say these things, he said, Blessed is the one who eats bread in the kingdom of God. Blessed is one who is bred in the kingdom of God. Just like, what? You moron? What was he talking about? This guy was referring to something that's not in scripture, but is part of the religiosity of the Pharisees. They believed this. At the end of the age, there would be a great messianic feast. And only the pious Pharisees would be at this feast. That nobody else would be there because they'd all be gone to hell. And the Messianic feast would include all the pious Jews. Blessed who breaks bread in the kingdom of God. I'm going to be there. And the main course of this feast, according to the writings of the Talmud, would be the Leviathan. They would eat the sea creature that cannot be conquered because we're so arrogant and so elite. 
We shall feast on the fish that cannot be conquered. We shall eat the Leviathan. Really? Really, that's what they believed. And Jesus, I'm sure if we could see the body language, Jesus shake his head and goes, you dudes have missed the point. Now you can go back in scripture and look at the Leviathan. I'm sure you will. It's the unconquered beast. And at the end of the age, those who are pious will conquer the beast, the one who can't be conquered, and they'll eat his flesh. Sounds a little weird. Sounds a little cannibalistic, you know. I'm going to eat the heart of my, my enemy so that I'll have his courage. You know, it's kind of all this creepy stuff. So I'm going to eat the Leviathan. It's kind of like, wow, did you know that? You do now. And next time you have a fish dinner, say, we shall eat the Leviathan. Well, it's actually catfish or tilapia. But anyway, you'll eat whatever you think it is. Then he told him this. Now listen to this parable. That's what he told him. Then he told him this. After this man made this bombastic, bellicose statement of his profound arrogance and ignorance, Jesus says this. Then he told him, look at the man. A man was having a large banquet, invited many. Oh, like the kingdom of heaven? Like the great messianic feast? At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who were invited, come because everything is ready now. Now, the Jewish custom was a man would announce he was having a party, take a head count who's coming, go and prepare the feast, and they'd call everybody to come. Say, it's ready. Come on. So he went and he went back. He said, come to everyone who was invited. Come because everything is now ready. But without exception, they all began to make excuses. The first one said, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. I ask you to excuse me. Now, who buys a field without first looking at it? Well, I know some of you bought places in Wimberley without ever seeing it, except for on the Internet. A whole other discussion. But in the ancient world, there wasn't Zillow, just so you know. And so who does that? Nobody. All right. Then another one said, I bought five o yoke of oxen. I'm going to try them out. Uh, oh, I'm asking you to excuse me. Now, who buys oxen without making sure they weren't dead or disfigured? Nobody. And then the other one said, oh, I just got married. Therefore, I'm unable to come. Really? The only exclusion a married man had for two years he wasn't allowed to go to war. Other than that, it was just a lame excuse. I just get married. My wife won't let me come. Well, okay, whatever. So the servant came back and reported these things to the master. Then in anger, the master of the house told his servant, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the city and bring in here the poor, maimed, blind, and lame. And the Pharisees are going, What? To the marriage feast, to the, uh, to the banquet of the Messiah? We're going to bring these unkept, unqualified, unclean people in here? We can't have that. It's only for the pious Pharisees. What are you talking about? We shall eat the Leviathan in purity, not with all these disfigured people. <sighs> they were losing their minds. Master the servant side. What you, uh, I did, he said, what you ordered has been done, and there's still room. The master told the servants, now, Go into the highways of the hedges and make them come in so that the house may be full. For I tell you that none of these people who were invited will enjoy my banquet. What? He's saying, listen, your teachings of the Talmud about the marriage, the banquet, the messianic banquet, you're not going to be invited because you have entrusted in the Messiah. And I'm going to invite, get this, I'm going to invite the Gentiles. What? I'm going to invite the lame, the, the marginalized, the disfigured, the unkept, the unqualified, the unclean, and even the Gentiles are going to be at the banquet, and you're not. Uh, 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 what? That's what this parable is about. Jesus extends his invitation to whosoever will may come. Not based on your self-righteousness or your self-piety, but based on his grace and his invitation to receive him as Savior.
Huh. This is a parable is yet another example of Jesus loving all people and bringing all people to himself. At the time, I told you that they would prepare, they would invite the people, then prepare the banquet, then invite them. And these guys gave the excuses that I've talked about earlier. Those listening knew that Jesus was calling them to account. They didn't like it. They knew that the invitation was to the Jew first, but then to the Gentile, and they could have never imagined this extending out. Even though Isaiah said it, they didn't believe it. Even though scripture's full of it, they didn't believe it. Even Rahab the harlot, who was in Jericho, became part of the chosen because she believed. They didn't believe it. Even though Caleb, the great hero of the ten spies, the twelve spies that went into his daddy was not a, a Jew, but they even he was accepted. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. Even Ruth, the the great great grandmother of David, was a Moabite, but they didn't believe it. Because they'd become so exclusive and so rigid and you got to dress like I dress, sing what I sing, believe what I believe, and be a part of my world or you're gonna go, you just go to hell. Really? Do we do the same thing? Does it become an exclusive club? Or does it become an embracing movement? Wow. Now remember to whom Luke was writing. To a world who felt excluded, to a world Jesus was inviting. Now, Jesus pointed out those excuses, and I talked about them too. I bought a field, really? Business over invitation. I bought oxen. Another lame excuse of inconvenience over invitation. I just got married. Really? Jesus was intentional and relational. Everything Jesus taught and everything Jesus teaches, and all he does is bells on relationships. And he invites. The three men who rejected Expected to be invited in the future, but the invitation never came. Not one who was invited to the party enjoyed the banquet. They all missed out. So what excuse do you give? What's your excuse for missing out on what Jesus is invited to? You see, the invitation is compelling. Come to the banquet. By telling this parable, we see the inclusive heart of God. Jesus is extending his invitation to celebrate the great feast with all who respond. Listen to this. This is John 12, 32. As, as for me, if I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. For God loved the world this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have your eternal life. Jesus is inviting you to the banquet today. Coming to Leviathan. A fish dinner. Maybe that's why the Catholics have fish on Friday. I don't know. But really, come to the banquet. If you're blind, come. If you're lame, come. If you're addicted, come. If you're weary, come. If you're not religious, oh, please do come. If you're religious, you can come too. If you're broken, sinful, disheveled, marginalized, come. If you're white, come. If you're black, come. If you're Hispanic, come. If you're Asian, come. From Eastern Europe, come. From South Texas, come. East Texas, come. Come on. Come on. Plenty of room. Come as you are. 
If I create the barriers to keep me from God, why don't I let the Spirit of God tear down those barriers and come to Jesus? Come now. Come as you are. Father, I thank you for your teaching of your word. And I know, Father, it just seems a bit outrageous, this whole story. But it's so true that you offer your grace and your love to all of us. Even those of us who are caught in religion and legal legal thinking, legalism. And you invite us to come and find life in you, find hope in you. And I pray, Father, that we will come. We will come. Lord, I think there's some that are listening today that need to come to you and for saving faith right now. Some that need to come back to you. Some that need to give away their religion, their pride. Their, some that are wicked. Some that are addicted. Some that are disheveled. Some that are just broken beyond repair. They're not beyond your repair. May we come. One day, Father, we will feast with you and the literal marriage feast of the Lamb. Not some kind of messianic banquet concocted by the Talmud but the truth reality that we're invited into your kingdom to live for you now and live for you forever. Live for you now and live with you forever. So I pray we whisper prayers, Jesus, I'm yours. We whisper prayers, Jesus, I come back to you. We whisper prayers, Father, let me invite someone to come with me to this banquet because people come to your banquet best on the arm of a trusted friend. And then we'll feast. We'll feast now in anticipation and feast of the future and glorious celebration as we live out the parable that you taught on that day. And we pray this all in your son's strong name. Amen. What's your next step? Take your step into membership. Step up to, step up to be a member. Step, up, step with to grow. Step up and serve. Step out and share. What's your next step? Take those next steps. We offer those experiences for you to take your next step. Lead a group. Jump in a ministry. Go on a mission trip. Do something. Start a group in your home. Start a microsite. Start to be a part of a movement. Wherever you live, you can be a part of this family as we move together for the global glory of God. And we shall eat the Leviathan. Isn't that fun? I love you guys. Listen to this song and take your next step. All for Jesus. <laughs>